Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hi, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How's it going? Man, we're getting real close to Christmas. Real close. Yes, it's just a couple days away. (laughs) Just a week away. And then it'll be 2020. Uh, Yeah. It's all happening too quickly. It's all happening too quickly. Way too quickly. But we'll keep you up here on the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast because as always, the podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun charts, stats, and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got huge, huge chart news. Huge, huge (laughs) chart news on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart about... How Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You has finally hit number one 25 years after its release. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> All I Want for Christmas is a number one. Congratulations, lambs. Yes, the lamely celebrates. Congratulations, Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tetris, our Billboard News host. Yes. Um, plus, uh, there's lots of action at the top of the Billboard 200 albums chart, including a brand new number one album from rapper Roddy Rich. Plus, we have an interview with superstar songwriter Justin Tranter, who stopped by to talk about the just-released work on Camila Cabello's new album, Romance, upcoming music on Selena Gomez's new album, a musical and a musical TV series in the works. So much. So stick around for our interview. But before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy it, why don't you subscribe to the show and like and get and do all that stuff? Um, so you won't miss an episode. A beautifully and composed song. I, I've got melodies aplenty. <laughs> um, and if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. First up, big, big, big news on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart. As Mariah Carey's evergreen hit, All I Want for Christmas is You, hits number one for the very first time. Woo! 25 years after its release. It's just, it's time. It's it was time. time. It took only a quarter of a century. It was time. It's, <laughs> it's been number one in my heart every Christmas. Um, <laughs> the song, which was released in 1994 as part of Mariah's Merry Christmas album, rises from number three to number one on the chart, marking Carrie's 19th number one hit. Now, with that achievement, Carrie extends her record for the most number ones among solo artists in the history of the Hot 100, and now only the Beatles have more number ones with a record 20. I mean, she was already the only person behind the Beatles. Yes. But now she's just one more song closer Ooh. to getting to the Beatles and record. If we know Mariah. She's she's looking for that 20th. All I want for Christmas is you too <laughs> next year. You too. Um, quick, Katie, can you name the last and only previous Christmas song to be number one on the Hot 100 chart? No. I don't think most people can. I, I mean, like, there's a lot of things that run through my mind, but, like, the other one that always comes back this time of year, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, I know that... It's top 10. Yeah, I know that it has hit as high this year, so... I mean, I feel like now with the way streaming is, like, maybe we'll see another number one from a Christmas song yeah. at some point. But right now, Mariah is just the second Christmas song to be number one. So what was the first? It was... The Chipmunk Song. Wow. Back in uh, December of 1958 and January of 1959, the track, which is uh, often subtitled as Christmas Time is Here. Christmas Time That one. Um, It was credited to the Chipmunks with David Seville, and uh, it spent four weeks at number one. Uh, So that's, that's 
insanity. I am really glad that I didn't spend too much time laboring over guessing (laughs) because I did not know that. Okay, here's some fast figures on All I Want for Christmas this week. The song has helped to number one on the Hot 100 by big streaming and sales numbers, as it's both the number one most streamed song and biggest selling song of the week. The song earned 45.6 million streams in the U.S. in the week ending December 12th, according to Nielsen Music, and that's up 30% compared to the previous week, and it sold 27,000 copies, up 185%. It's doing pretty great in airplay, too, rising 32 to 27 on the all-genre radio songs chart, with an 11% gain in radio audience, climbing to 34.4 million in the week ending December 15th. Next up, over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, we've got a brand new number one from rapper Roddy Rich, who sees his debut studio effort, Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial, bow at number one with 101,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending December 12th. It's one of four debuts in the top 10 as he's joined by new efforts from The Who and Camila Cabello, along with a posthumous new album from Tentacion. Plus, two albums from the late Juice World returned to the top 10 in the wake of his passing on December 8th. Man, it's a busy one on the charts, huh? Yeah, I know. And then this was just the tip of the chart icicle iceberg. <laughs> well, you know, tune in to Billboard.com uh, for even more chart news, holiday goodness stuff. Indeed. And now it's time for our interview with Justin Tranter. The superstar songwriter has co-written everything from Imagine Dragons Believer and Halsey's Bad at Love to Justin Bieber's Sorry and Selena Gomez's first ever Hot 100 number one hit, Lose You to Love Me. And now Justin drops in to talk about the latest work with Selena, which will be featured on her upcoming album, and how it's been such a rewarding experience working with her through the years. Plus, we chat about the collaborations with Camila Cabello on her new album, Romance, and how she came fully prepared in the studio with a mood board and everything. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) In addition to all of that, Justin names off some of the dream collaborators on the wish list still, dishes on how they're working on a new musical with Adina Menzel and Eve Ensler, and a musical TV show to boot. So please enjoy our super fun chat with Justin Tranter. Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Justin Tranter. Hi. Yay. Um, so happy that you've uh, made time in your schedule to come back and talk to us again. It's my honor. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> but thank you for saying that. Facts are facts. You know, it's, it's super fitting that you're back talking to us now, just as two new songs that you co-wrote with Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit the charts recently. Yes. Including your second number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, Lose You to Love Me. <laughs> uh, so first off, congratulations. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, it, is, is something like that, like a number one on the Hot 100 chart, which is our legendary, iconic, you know, 60-year-old singles chart, is that something, <laughs> as I front load that, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that something that you personally celebrate? Was there a champagne toast? Is there a congratulatory call from Selena? Yeah, well, immediately, it was actually a really, really crazy moment because, like, it's interesting, right? Because for songwriters, um, well, I should say for pop songwriters specifically, we look at kind of the radio chart mm. as, like, our big chart because that's the chart that 
actually pays us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that see that's interesting. Um, so for us like radio is like like really the like a big obsession but like how 100 number 1 is like for the history books. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a very interesting thing where like we celebrate both pretty equally but like the hot 100 number one is really crazy but there was a couple reasons why this one's extra special and i'll walk you through all of those reasons sure please one um having like the home team back together it's not like we ever broke up but you know matt and robin live in sweden um julia michaels became a huge pop star in her own right so is traveling all the time and selena you know was taking some time um away from the album process. Matt so, and Robin, the producers of the track, who also co-wrote it, and Julia, yes. a frequent collaborator with you, and Selena, the artist. Obviously. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. And um, so to have everyone back together was really, really special. The day that we wrote the song was really special. It was the first time um, the five of us had been in a room together in uh, it very well could be two, three years. Wow. It was wow. a long time. Now, we'd all seen each other separately, um, but just because of everyone's schedules, it was the first time that we were all back together in the same room to write a song, and we wrote that song right of all songs fucking awesome yeah um it's also really special because i just love being as honest as humanly possible in music and so when you can be with an artist and do something that real and that raw and that honest and have it go number one it's pretty crazy right um and then the actual moment was really fun because my two um best friends from high school so we've been friends since 1994 um, were staying with me that weekend um, from Chicago. Well, one lives here now, but anyway, they were all here, mainly from Chicago, and um, we were, like, just having breakfast, and my phone, like, blew up with, it's number one, it's number one. And so, like, for us to all be together, is like, super... We all went to an arts high school together, mm-hmm. so, like, music is the dream, and um, so for us all to be together in that moment was super crazy. And then, yes, it was immediately followed with... Um, we tried to do like a three-way FaceTime between me, Julie, and Selena, and people's reception weren't wasn't working. <laughs> so then there was just like we just kept exchanging videos back and forth. Okay. Um, of how excited we were and how grateful we were, um, and how happy it was to have this moment together. And um, then I called my parents and blah blah blah, and it was pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's the kind of story that we want. <laughs> there you go. People are just like, yeah, you know, number one's cool and all, but you know, I don't really do it for the charts. I'm like, yeah, we don't know. We know you don't do it for the charts, but it's nice. <laughs> it is to just have like that moment. It's really nice to have that moment. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and you know, of course, cause you do think those things of like, well, some of my favorite songs of all time were never even on the hot one. Sure. Yeah. Or like you can think of like huge, massive hits. Don't quote me on where it was, but like one, of, I think one of the most important pop songs of the last decade is Sia's Chandelier. I'm pretty sure it was that not didn't a number go one. number one. It didn't. Yeah. So like there are cheap thrills went number one. <laughs> I think that's fierce too though. I love that. Song. Um, but I don't think it's as impactful as, yeah. as Chandelier sure. in, in terms of culturally like pushing culture forward. And um, so I think it's really, it is like well in some ways it doesn't matter but it still is really fucking cool because yeah. it like it marks a moment and it puts you in the history books oh and the last reason it was really really exciting <laughs> is because it was not only Selena's first number one but it was Matt Man and Robin's first number one. Oh, I didn't even realize that and you know me and Matt Man and Robin um, have had so much love and success together um, it was with Julia we you know we had um, Hands to Myself mm-hmm. um, which went number one on radio mm-hmm. but not Hot 100 mm-hmm. and then me and Robin did Cake by the Ocean together which was a huge song but nowhere close to number one right. um, we did Imagine Dragons Believer together which was a huge song but not number one so like I've had so much success and like like just the best times of my life with those guys and so to then have be a part of their first number one was really exciting wow that's awesome 
Selena has a new album that's mm-hmm. finally coming. Yes. Um, uh, January 10th. January 10th. Um, do you know, I think she's announced the track list. How, how, how many tracks are you involved with on the album? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say yet how okay. many, but it's a lot. Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's sort of typical, though. You're usually all over her music. Yeah, usually, we, we right? just have such a great... Um, yeah, on, on Revival, me and Julia were a huge part. Right. Um, and on this album, me and Julia did a lot together again. Then we also, just because of scheduling, because as I mentioned before, Julia is now a huge pop star in her own right. Mm. Because of scheduling, there's also some some stuff uh, separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, all the the um, amazing collaborations Selena's done over the years with the different DJs and Latin collaborations, I haven't been a part of that. Mm-hmm. But revival me and julia were deeply involved in and then this one we are deeply involved in as well and i just feel like it's um when you built that trust especially when the artist meaning this in this case when selena wants to talk about real shit like it's just it's a lot um more fun and easier to do it with people that you know and you trust um you don't have to like start from zero which i've written a lot of songs i love when you like have just met somebody Mm -hmm. and that can be also really exciting like we just met not let's write something crazy <laughs> um but there's something really beautiful that we have and um you know julia's the one that actually kind of opened the door for us into the selena project um and it's uh something i'll, I'll be grateful for forever and ever and ever because it's it's just such a rewarding um experience to work with both of them and you also just co-wrote three tracks with Camila Cabello for Romance. I was really excited to see that you co-wrote Should Have Said It because that was like one of the catchiest oh, songs I thought on the album. Um, and you also, of course, worked on Living Proof. It feels like like a much more adult song for Camila because we've seen her grow up. I mean, she was yeah. a teenager on X Factor. Did, was that like intentional when she came into the studio? Was she like, this is, it's time to like, this is my grown up record. I'm, I'm an adult. It was, you know, she's just such an amazing songwriter, which I don't think people know. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, you see other you see pop writers names on 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 there and i think people who are in a good way because I, I was obsessed with credits when i was young too so that's mm. not shade like people who are obsessed with credits they'll see big pop writers co-writing on these songs and you, they never really know did the artist actually do it or not or sure. blah 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 right. like you know camila's melodies are are insane mm. um and she gets on the mic and just freestyles melodies um, and she's so good that sometimes it goes on so long that I'm like, well, I, there's too many good melodies. I can't fucking help you. <laughs> there's it's, like nine it's, songs it's, there. I can't fucking do this. <laughs> um, but you fight through. But no, it's... <laughs> fight through. Um, she's such a fucking talent. It's crazy. And when she came in, she was very clear about the sounds, she, the sound she wanted. There was like amazing like mood board, like sitting in the studio. And there was like, you know references that you would never ever ever think of musically because it's you know she's coming from a lot of cuban music and mm-hmm. um even on something we're living proof we're like it's not necessarily it's not a latin pop song but like the the feeling of, of the like where the rhythmic space exists and stuff like that um you know it's all coming from things that she was talking about and, and references that she was loving um so she's so involved and so I, it I don't know if there was really a conversation about this is my adult record. Mm-hmm. I think it's just where she is. Yeah. yeah. She's the fucking That's just adult. Who she is. Yeah. <laughs> and she's falling in love and right. she's like having all these amazing adult experiences. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, living proof is, is one of the songs I'm the most proud of. I think it's just such a really magnificent beautiful. song and the lyrics make me really proud. Um, and her voice on it is insane. Like those, that falsetto in the chorus is just like, yeah. like I, when she performed it at the AMAs, I was like, damn, she, went for it. like she did the full falsetto live everything sounds oh, incredible she doesn't, that voice does not fuck around yeah. like she is <laughs> she is here that's awesome yeah 
Okay, so we've talked about all these amazing divas, Selena, Camila. Um, and not, not, not to sort of keep this in like the diva realm because you've worked with a lot of, you know, non-divas <laughs> or non-traditional divas. Yeah. Um, you know, Bieber. <laughs> Dan Reynolds, Devo. I don't know. Is he a diva? <laughs> I mean, Dan could be a Devo. I don't know. Yeah. Um, are, is there like a wish list of, of 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 people or divas that you would like to work with in the future? I think I've asked you this sort of before. Yeah. But I, it's a it's an evergreen question. It's an evergreen question. <laughs> um, Stevie Nicks is definitely on the oh. list. Okay. I think you mentioned her before. How has that not happened yet? Well, I she doesn't know. she doesn't do a lot of new music. I don't. So maybe that's I couldn't it. tell you. I don't know. <laughs> you, you what it, could you would you be interested in like a Fleetwood Mac track? Can you imagine co-writing with Fleetwood Mac? I I mean, all I really care about is Stevie Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Christine McVie. Sorry. I mean, all the, and I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. I love how they sound together, but all the songs that I love from Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks wrote. Mm. So, so Stevie Nicks, super number Stevie one. Stevie Nicks. Um, and then, like, it's, you know, in terms of, like, the current pop queens that I haven't worked with, um, you know, there's, there's Rihanna and Beyonce, Taylor, Adele. I mean, I would love 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 to work with all of them yeah um but like it's also one of those things where it's like maybe i'm not the right fit and that's why it hasn't happened yet and that's totally okay but um and also to like the how like like boundary pushing and progressive um beyonce and rihanna have gotten and they're using like a lot like newer fresher talent Mm -hmm. and i think that's fucking great so like i don't really want to throw my hat in the ring i mean Trust me, I have. <laughs> but, like, I don't want to, like, I think it's so cool that they're using people that, like, really nobody else is using. Right, right, right. right. Um, and I'm, like, I'm, it's okay if I'm just a fan, right. you know? Um, but, obviously, those four are, like, full-on icons that um, I've never worked with and I would fucking love to. Yeah. So. 21 Pilots, I would love, to, love, love to oh, work with. that would make sense. I think that would actually. That'd be great. That, you, you'd mesh really well. Um so yeah, there's you know there's always there's yeah. always something new to do. But also, I'm also moving into a lot of like different film and TV things. Oh, we were literally going to ask we're you. We were literally going to ask you. And um, <laughs> working on a musical. Um, literally going to ask you with Eve. I'm Ensler. not joking. You could look on it. With, really? Yes. I love it. Do, do, with do, Eve Ensler. With like Eve Ensler. Like the monologues, right? Yes. Yeah. Like one of the greatest play, playwrights of our time. Take That's it away, amazing. Katie. Um, and again, I can say I can't say anything about the project what it is, but I can say like. Um, because we put on we put that we were all on Instagram together. So me, Eve Ensler, Dina Menzel, and oh, this new amazing up and coming songwriter um, named Caroline Pennell are all working on something together. That's incredible, um, and that's like really, really fulfilling and rewarding. Um, I'm also like writing a television show that's in the works, and oh. that's really cool. It's a musical, of course, because you can't. Yeah, if I'm going to do a TV show, there has to be songs. <laughs> um, but so I'm also like, you know. There's so many amazing pop stars and rock stars that I hopefully get to work with one day, but I'm really enjoying like working with the people that I know I kick ass with Mm -hmm. and then like exploring this whole other world. Um, And then also my activism and fundraising takes up so much fucking time. Which is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, That I, you know, I can't. I can't work with everybody, even though I would like to. <laughs> you're so in demand. <laughs> so this, so this show is something that you're kind of in the in the in the very early stages of putting together, of trying to work through something. Creatively, we're like, I would say we're like in like, we're like seventy percent there creatively. Oh, wow. Amazing. Um, it's just figuring out where it lands, and obviously that last thirty percent is probably the hardest thirty percent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just been such an amazing experience to. So the TV show. 
is that something that you're just sort of actively kind of like thinking about creatively writing now or is it something you're like I'm taking this around and pitching it right now it's all, I'm it's, calling up Ryan Murphy I can't I can't say what's happening but it's like it's already happening it's already happening yes. the ball is rolling by the time people hear this it could be premiering on TV no because it <laughs> takes way fucking longer if it was just a pop song yes yeah. that's very possible but it'll, it'll take a lot longer oh, c- catch up with us in about you know five years and soon it'll be like I'll just invent a TV show tonight and it'll be on the air it'll be streaming tomorrow <laughs> yeah. I'll drop it on iTunes on Friday on yeah. Apple Plus it's on Instagram yeah. live um, this is been amazing yes thank you for coming in thank you for having me um and we look forward to the musical and the tv show and all the amazing music and everything that you have up your fabulous raincoat sleeves Yay. <laughs> um and yeah thank you so much thank you yeah, thank you for having me Thank you so much to Justin for coming in. What a delightful chat. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you that we cut out quite a bit from that interview because we needed to fit it into the show. It's just such a fun, fun person to chat with. Yes. Justin can come back anytime. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. 70 years ago this week, one of the most iconic holiday songs of all time, Gene Autry's rendition of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, was a top 10 hit on the charts. The tune reached the top 10 of Billboard's then-leading singles chart, which was called Best Sellers in Stores, on the chart dated December 17, 1949, uh, climbing 11 to 8 on that week's chart. Now, the song actually would eventually hit number one on the January 7th, 1950 dated list, which was usually reflecting like Christmas week activity. You know how we are. We always date our charts a little bit ahead of time. Indeed. Now, the song, of course, has gone to become an evergreen favorite around the holidays and has even been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Uh, The song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was written by Johnny Marks and inspired by a poem written by Robert L. May, a poem that was called, of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Eventually, Rudolph would turn into a beloved stop-motion animation TV special in 1964, which you see almost every year still on TVs around the world. So there you have it. 70 years ago this week, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer hit the top 10 of Billboard's bestsellers in stores chart on its way to number one. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer You go down in history Okie dokie. It is our final, final show of the year, Katie. Final show of 2019. It's the final pop shop. Of, of 2019, at of least. Of 2019. I'm like, we're not being canceled or anything. Right. We'll give we you, will be back. We will be back. We um, already did interviews, so hopefully we'll be back hopefully. To, to air them for you. Um, any parting words? Well, you know, not to end things on a sad note, but um, there was a little sad news in the pop music world last week. Uh, Roxette's Marie Fredrickson passed away after a battle with cancer. Um, and man, did this group have hits. Hit after hit. Just pop perfection. My God. Frankly. Four, four number ones on the Billboard Hot 100. Indeed. Um, so it feels like maybe a nice little shout out to their like incredible pop career would be to maybe listen to a taste of one of those. Uh, to well, go out. I'll let you pick, Katie. Oh, man. Well, as we were talking about before we recorded, like I've had... It must have been love just running through my head for the last few days. So well, then we can go out on it. Must have been love. Let's do it. See you guys next year. N- see you next year. It must have been-